Welcome to Monday. I know, blah. Yeah. But good news is I got another Punky Power episode for you to start your Monday off right. I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and today we are discussing Season 1, Episode 20, Gals and Dolls, which aired on March 3rd, 1985. Hard to believe when this episode aired, I would have been two and a half at the time. So Lord only knows what I was watching on TV. Before we get into the episode, I have a shout-out to hand out for the trivia question posted on Instagram for Season 1, Episode 20, Gals and Dolls. The question was, what is the name of this doll? And Sugar Kuiper got the answer correct. It was C, Butter Lettuce Baby Dolls. Congratulations again, Sugar Kuiper. I'm making you an honorary Punky Peep of the Week. She also mentioned that she has a daughter named Punky. How awesome is that, right? Thank you for answering the question, and I look forward to you trying to answer more questions in the future. Well, what do you say we jump right into this fun-filled doll fever episode? In this episode, Punky, Cherry, and Margo all want a a highly sought-after doll, but Henry can only find one of them at the toy store, Only one? Wow, I'm surprised one was even left. Sounds like the Tickle Me Elmo craze of the early 90s. I just watched a video of the cat on YouTube yesterday of the Cabbage Patch doll craze of Christmas 1983. Yikes. It made me think of Black Friday in 2016. Scary. I'm sorry to say no toy is worth dying over. Do you hear that, everybody? No toy is worth dying over. Alright, if you guys hear any noise in the background, that is, I've opened the door here in the living room, which is right near the table that I'm working at. So if you hear anything like big semis around and stuff like that, because we're not too far from a traffic light. So it's like, mm. it's going to get warm in here, it seems like. The rain has stopped, so I, I got to open a window here, or open a door. It's got a screen in it. We open the episode in the living room. Punky and the girls have fashioned themselves a tent made out of a bed sheet that is stretched out over the length of the couch. And they are sound asleep inside. It looks huge when I saw it and so freaking cool. I love Punky's rainbow striped sleeping bag. It's so her. Margo's sleeping on the couch with a pink sleep mask with closed eyelids on the front. It's so Margo. Cherry and Punky are on the floor in their sleeping bags. How cute. Brandon, Punky's using, using Brandon's body for a pillow. Aww. Oh, apparently he's had enough of that because he decides to get up and head to the kitchen for something to eat. Henry's at the table, yawning up a storm. He must have had a long night with the girls having their sleepover. He's also got a pot of coffee there, too. (laughs) He must have fallen back asleep while sitting there because Betty comes in the back door of the kitchen, all cheery. Hey, Henry! And he startles awake. He just looks at her, grousing. Mrs. Johnson, you just aged me ten years! And she quips back, well, who'd know the difference? She asks how the girls are doing, and Henry tells her they're still asleep. And she suggests that they wake them up, because she's got good news. I'd love to be welcome, uh, welcome with good news. I mean, who wouldn't, right? 
Henry turns to Brandon, telling him, Brandon, go wake up, punky. Brandon goes out into the living room, trying to wake Margo by licking her hand, and she pushes him away and rolls over at her side. He heads over to Punky, furiously licking her ear, but she waves him away. He decides enough of this and pulls the string that holds the tent together, and it collapses in a heap on top of the girls, and they wake up screaming. Girls, it's okay. You're not suffocating to death. You can crawl out from underneath. He jumps into his chair and barks loudly at them. We hear Punky repeatedly shouting, A tornado! A tornado! As Betty and Henry stand behind the kitchen door laughing hysterically at this scene. Oh, these girls! <laughs> Margot climbs out first and is walking around with her sleeping mask. Hey, Margot, how about taking off the mask? You might be able to stop yourself from falling on your butt or on top of one of the other girls trying to escape. Cherry gets Cherry and Punky get out, and she asks Punky what happened. She tells Cherry, Brandon got us out. He's an alarm dog. Margo's still walking around blind, asking if it's morning yet. Yes, Margo, you can take off your blindfold, Punky tells her, covering her mouth as she giggles. Margo pulls it off and informs Punky it's not a blindfold, it's a sleeping mask. Margo asks Punky if she has any more. I couldn't really hear if she said stressing cream or stringing cream or something. Punky asks what for, and Margo tells her it's for her skin and how her mother says you're never too young to look young. She's eight for crap's sake. She doesn't need that junk. What does Margo have to be stressed about anyway other than her family going broke? Margo tells him, and it works too. I'm eight and a half, and I don't look a day over seven. Punky and Cherry look at her like, okay. Hen Henry and Betty come into the living room, and Betty asks Cherry if she had fun at her sleepover, and Cherry tells her she had a great time. The only boring part was the sleeping. Punky tells Henry and Betty how they told ghost stories, played games, sang songs, and Margo butts in saying how she did a solo. And Punky mentions how they all became blood sisters. Don't worry, it, was, it wasn't real blood, they used ketchup. Blood sisters, Henry exclaims. Henry, relax, it's not like they tried to imitate Veda and Thomas J from My Girl. That movie didn't come out until six years later in 1991. In Europe, I think they had put a disclaimer before the movie warning, warning people of the AIDS virus through the transmission of blood. Actually, Ketchup Sisters, because we decided blood was too yucky. As Punky makes a grossed out face. Henry turns to Betty and says, good decision. Do you want to see the secret ceremony? Cherry excitedly asks Henry and Betty. Do we have a choice? Henry asks. They tell him no as Margot hands Punky the ketchup bottle. Punky puts a dab on each of their fingers and the girls press them together as they recite. With this ketchup we are bound together through all kinds of weather. We'll be friends forever. Betty dabs at her eyes telling the girls that's beautiful. Henry just rolls his eyes. Well, Henry obviously has never been a uh, preteen girl. Then the girls lick the ketchup off their finger. Is that part of the ceremony? Ugh. 
Apparently, Brandon wants in on the action because he starts licking his lips. Sorry, Brandon, but in order to participate in the ceremony, you have to be a girl and a human. Cherry tells them they're double ketchup sisters, and Margot adds, bound together for life. Punky tells them, that's right, ketchup is thicker than water. The doorbell rings, and it's Mrs. Kramer to pick up Margot, and Henry welcomes her in to his humble abode. Well put, she tells him. She tells Margot to get dressed and say ciao to her little friends. Wow, this lady puts everyone down. Henry's home, Punky and Cherry calling Mar them Margot's little friends. Like they're, ugh, I don't know. Betty tells them to hold on because she hasn't told them the big news. And Cherry looks at her grandma. What big news? She asks excitedly. Well, we didn't win the lottery, so don't get too excited. <laughs> he, uh, she tells the girls that she heard on the radio that Dolly Land in downtown Skokie got a new shipment of butter lettuce baby dolls. I had looked up Skokie, Illinois, and it's actually located 16 miles northwest of downtown Chicago. The minute Betty utters those three words, the girls go nuts, screaming and awing like a trio of twihards who get a chance to meet Robert Pattinson dressed as Edward Cullen in the, or in the late 90s Leo Mania when all the girls including myself were gaga, gaga over him after Titanic came out. Henry tells them to calm down and ask Betty what are these butter lettuce babies? Betty informs him that they always act like that when she mentions those three words and the girls start up again. Mrs. Kramer tells the adults she has the same reaction when she hears the word chinchilla. You monster! No chinchilla should have to die to make you think you look good while wearing its fur, even if it is soft. Brandon even looks at her like, what the heck, lady? I don't understand the attraction of these peculiar-looking dolls, Henry said. Well, Henry, you wouldn't. You're a guy. They're adorable, and they're each different. And you get to adopt them like real babies, Punky informs him. Hmm, sounds suspiciously like K CBK dolls. Cabbage Patch Kid dolls. Is someone out there trying to ride the coattails of that creator to make their own profit? I think so. Or it's probably because the creator wouldn't give the licensing for them to use the name. You get to be their mommies, Cherry adds as she imagines holding a doll of her own. Of course, anyone who's anyone simply must have one, Marco explains to Henry. Like, you're nothing if you don't own one of these dolls because they're the end-all be-all of life itself. Girls, seriously, you don't need to think about being anyone's mommy just yet. You know, it's bad enough we have 13-year-olds out there that are actually becoming mommies themselves by getting pregnant. Mrs. Kramer tells her she has no time today to buy her the doll, and she'll get her one tomorrow. But by tomorrow, they'll be sold out, Margot insists. Most likely, they're already sold out as they're standing there talking about it. Mrs. Kramer acts like she can just go into the store and pluck one off the shelf. 
Oh no, I watched YouTube videos of the Cabbage Patch Kid dolls from 1983 to today. The store manager was armed with a freaking baseball bat for crying out loud. What does that tell you? It means he was going to go all nagging from the walking dead on their butts if the crowd got out of control, which of course it had. Some old lady in the video suffered a broken leg as people stampeded over her to get a doll. Margot tells her that if she doesn't get her one today, she'll just shrivel up and die. As she pulls on her arms. On her mother's arm. Classic spoiled child act right there. She tells Margot it's impossible today because she finally got a hair appointment from the best hairdresser in the, mis in the Midwest. <gasps> Betty gasps and asks, Mr. Fredo? That's right, Mrs. Kramer exclaims. He's going to give me a Fredo original. No one in the world will have a hairdo like mine, she announces proudly. It's a sh shame she hasn't seen the results of his work with other clients, or she has she... Because, or has she? Because, spoiler alert, when she comes back afterward, it's bad. I mean, really bad. Betty offers to get all the girls' dolls as the girls rush over to hug her, but unfortunately, she can't because she, the hospital has her on call. Punky asks, what are they going to do now? We're dead, Cherry adds, and Marco glumly says, we can kiss those dolls goodbye. Unless... Punky ruminates as she smiles and turns in Henry's direction, as do Cherry and Margot. Funny how Henry is turned away, and then he does a double take when all three girls are eyeing him with renewed interest. Henry, our savior, our last hope. Henry tells him, don't look at me, and she asks, why not? He tells her he can't go to Dollyland. He looks at Punky chastising her. Punky, you know my car's in the shop. Really? Since when? He apologizes, telling them if he had a car, he'd be glad to get them the dolls. Mrs. Kramer hands her Mrs. Kramer hands her car keys over to Henry, telling her to take her car. The girls all jump up and down, excitedly cheering. Betty gives Henry the money for Cherry's doll, saying she'll stay with the girls till he gets back. And Mrs. Kramer pulls him out the door, telling him he can drop her off on the way to the store. I thought Betty was on call. What if she gets called in? I mean, the kids have been left alone multiple times, so it's really no big deal. Back in the apartment, Betty asks the girls what they're doing, and Punky shows her the list of accessories they want to get for their butter lettuce babies. Punky wants the butter lettuce bassinet, Cherry wants the butter lettuce pampers, and Marga wants the butter lettuce condo. Betty jokes, saying they got everything on there but the butter lettuce kitchen sink, and Cherry tells her it's actually on the list. The doorbell rings, and Punky thinks it's Henry, and all three girls rush to the door, but turns out it's only Mrs. Kramer back from the hairdresser. Her hair looks wild, multicolored spiky mohawk and a looped braid on one side. Brandon's so freaked out, he takes off through the doggy door into the kitchen. The girls... Just look at her in shock. Margot breaks the silence asking, What happened? Mrs. Kramer, trying not to break down, tries to play it off like it's fine. She asks the girls to tell her the truth about Mr. Fredo's creation. Didn't he have time to finish it? Punky asks. Maybe it's a little too much, Mrs. Kramer tells them, and then points out how the cab driver refused to take a tip. He did? Betty asks, surprised. Yes, he said keep it. You're the best laugh I've had all day, or all week, Mrs. Kramer sadly admits. 
Henry comes through the door with a butter lettuce baby shopping bag, and the girls all rush him, and he tells them, Back! You're worse than the mothers at the store! Why does the bag say butter lettuce babies on it? Shouldn't it say Dollyland, the name of the store? Henry turns around and comes face <laughs> to face with Mrs. Kramer's new hairdo, and his eyes bug out in shock. What the heck happened to your head, he asks her. Betty tells Henry to be a little more sensitive. Mrs. Kramer knows it looks awful. Mrs. Kramer looks at Betty sharply like, how dare you? Punky asks Henry if he got their dolls, and he tells them the store was mobbed. Well, of course it was. He tells them a man who cut in line was body slammed to the pavement by a woman who bore a striking, striking resemblance to Lyle Azaldo, who I had looked up and discovered that he played for three different football teams between the early 70s and the mid-80s. He tells them it took him an hour to get to the front of the line. But did you get our dolls? Punky interjects. Well, I could only get one. Henry tells him sadly as he pulls the doll out of the bag. He doesn't. E it doesn't even come in a box. Where are the adoption papers? Did he get the display model? The, that doll looks creepy. That looks like the Cabbage Patch doll's evil cousin or something. I was looking at the comments on YouTube while watching this and... One mentioned how if Henry couldn't have gotten up dolls for all three girls, he shouldn't have gotten any. He could have waited until the hype died down, maybe three or six months later. The Nintendo Wii came out in November of 2006, and Jeremy and I didn't get one until May of 2008, and even then they were still hard to come by. We did buy the Nintendo Switch this year shortly after it came out, and we got lucky there. The girls and the adults all exchanged glances of unease, like... What do we do now? You only got one doll? Punky repeats the question like it hasn't fully sunk in yet. And she's waiting for the other two dolls to magically appear from the bag. I'm afraid so. This one is Dorinda May as he hands it to Punky. Punky hugs her to herself and says she's beautiful. As she hands her to Cherry, I love her as Cherry gives the doll a kiss and hugs her. She passes her to Margot, who says she wants her so much, and gives her a kiss and hugs her, too. At least the girls are being polite and passing the doll around instead of throwing temper tantrums and pawing at it. Henry points out, or Henry pulls it out of Margot's hand and tells Betty and Mrs. Kramer they have a serious problem here. Noting they have three children and one doll, he asks the ladies how they decide this. Mrs. Kramer adds how they want to be fair and they want to be mature. Then she grabs the doll from Henry and tells them Margot gets it. Then Betty takes it from Mrs. Kramer saying Cherry gets it as Henry rips it out of her hand telling her Punky gets it. Now it's turned into a tug of war with the adults over this doll. Well, first of all, whose money went to the doll to begin with? They get the doll then, unless Henry pulled everyone's money together. Hen uh, Punky looks at them hopelessly like they're getting nowhere this way, and Margot tells them they, there's got to be a way to decide. Henry writes the girls' names down on slips of paper, folds, it, folds them up, and puts basically puts, it, puts them in a hat. I'm sorry. It's 9 in the morning. I'm still waking up. 
<laughs> Betty asks who's going to pick the winner, and Mrs. Kramer suggests, courtesy of her bridge club, that they take three thimbles and put a red-hot candy under a thimble, mix them all together, and that's when they cut the deck of cards. She goes on about a one-eyed jack as Betty rolls her eyes, and Henry finally interrupts her. He tells her there must be an easier way to do this. How about if Brandon picks the winner, Punky suggests. Brandon? Marco questions. Yeah, he won't cheat. He doesn't even care, Punky tells them. Betty tells them it sounds good to hear to her, and Mrs. Kramer looks over at Brandon, sneering at him like, I suppose that's a solution, as she takes off Henry's hat. Mrs. Kramer and Betty each put their slips of paper into the hat and mix them up, and Henry goes over to Brandon to have him pick the winner. Everyone's basically got their fingers crossed or fists closed. Margot's praying with her hands clasped together. Brandon pulls a name out of the hat, and Henry tells him he's a good dog as he takes it from him. He looks at the paper, and Betty asks what it says, and he tells her the winner is Punky, and she yells, Yippee! and races over, thanking Brandon. Cherry and Margot look heartbroken. Mrs. Kramer demands to see the paper as she rips it out of Henry's hand. What the heck, lady? He already told you whose name was on it. Do you think it was he was lying? She then hands it to Betty. Henry tells Punky Dorinda May belongs to her as he hands her the doll. Punky looks at Cherry and Margot's sad faces. Why couldn't she, she maybe offer to share the doll till the other girls get their own and trade off weeks or something? I mean, they have other dolls to play with. Punky apologizes that they couldn't all get dolls. Margot just looks at her mother and tells her she wants to go home, and Cherry tells her mother the same thing. Betty remarks how they shouldn't have used his hat. What? Come on, Betty, be reasonable here. Or her dog, Mrs. Kramer adds, saying how the whole thing was rigged from start to finish. These women are acting as bad as the girls now. Knock it off! I mean, I expect this crap from Mrs. Kramer, but not Betty. She tells... Mrs. Kramer tells Henry he'll be hearing from her attorney and she'll see him in court. Lady, give it up. You don't have a case. Did Mrs. Kramer and Betty get their money back? Betty looks at Henry telling him when she tells it to the judge, he'll lose. As long as she covers up that hair, Betty adds. In the next scene, we see Punky playing cards with Brandon and Dorinda. Dorinda May. It's so funny, Brandon's got a mouthful of playing cards. And when Punky asks him for his twos, he just looks at her with a raised eyebrow like, huh? She looks at him and tells him, never mind. Even if he had twos, she wouldn't want them. As a couple cards fall out of his mouth. I busted out a gut, I busted a gut laughing so hard at that scene. I had, I had to, in fact, watch it again. Punky then asks Dorinda for her twos, who then tells Punky to go fish. And then Punky checks her cards and finds three twos. All the while, Brandon has picked up one of the fallen cards and starts chewing on it. Henry comes in and asks how the campout is going, and Punky tells him they're hiding from a tornado and playing cards to pass the time. Then she covers Dorinda's ears and tells Henry she's an off card player. And Henry tells her, Dorinda's just a baby. He asks why she doesn't invite Cherry and Marco over to play. And Punky explains to Henry the girls have been ignoring her.
All right, I'm going to play this clip because I love it so much. <laughs> okay, Brandon. Give me all your twos. <laughs> Never mind. Even if you do have twos, I don't want them. <laughs> okay, Dorinda, give me all your twos. What? I have to go fish? Are you sure you don't have any twos? Dorinda, you have three twos. You can't win if you don't concentrate. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? What the heck? Even Jerry is ignoring her? They took a ketchup oath for crying out loud. Just then the doorbell rings and it's Betty. Henry remarks how they haven't seen her for days and invites her in. She tells him it's not a social call, she's just paying the rent. I notice Cherry and Margot sitting on the steps behind her. She hands him a list of deductions before she hands over the check. That seems fair that she took off $30 for the doll she never got. Wait, he didn't give her her money back? Why not? And $30 for an ugly doll? I wouldn't pay that much. Then she mentions she's charging them half price for the pepperoni pizza she brought down to them last week. He tells her she owes him half for the donuts he bought last Friday because she ate all the jelly ones. Yum, jelly donuts are the best ones, I think. She tells him the donuts were day old and there's no way she's paying half price. He tells her, fine, just write the check. She comes in, and Cherry and Margo follow after as Punky gets up to greet them. Cherry, did you hear a voice? Margo asks, completely ignoring Punky, and Cherry says, yeah, Punky's, she tells her cheerfully. Margo reprimands Cherry, and Cherry says, oh, guess not. Come on, Cherry, stop letting yourself be bullied by Margo into treating Punky so cruelly. You're better than that. Punky asks the two girls if she want if they want to play with her and Dorinda in her tent. Margot tells her no that she and Cherry are going to get ice cream. Cherry's getting Rocky Road and Mar Margot's getting Fudge Delight. Why didn't they invite her? Punky asks if she can come and Cherry nods enthusiastically at all. Uh, but Margot shuts it down telling Dorinda that she can come but not if she brings her wicked stepmother. My tolerance of Margot is exceedingly reaching its boiling point here. Henry comes into the living room as this is going on with arms crossed and a stern look. He is so not having this cruel treatment of his daughter by these girls, or at least by Margot, because Cherry seems to be forced into this behavior by Margot. I wouldn't stand by and watch my child or a child being bullied and that is exactly what Margo's doing right here to both Punky and Cherry. I'm sorry but as far as I can see Margo has no redeeming qualities whatsoever to consider being a likable character in any way. Punky's hurt at this and she tells him she's not wicked. She won Dorinda fair and square. Margo suggests she and Cherry wait upstairs just the two of them. Cherry was Punky's friend first before Margot came into the picture. Cherry, stand up for yourself and Punky. This breaks my heart seeing Punky ask, why are you guys treating me this way? She reminds them they're supposed to be ketchup sisters. They swore they'd be friends forever. 
For a second, that seems to have an effect on the girls, but Margot turns her back on Punky. At least Cherry tries to touch her index finger to Punky's as the pact ritual, but Margot takes Cherry and forcibly turns her around so her back is to Punky. Cherry, you're bigger than Margot. Take control of the situation. Is Cherry really this insecure to let someone like Margot boss her around? Punky looks at them and mutters to herself, I guess ketchup isn't thicker than water after all, and she turns to leave. Margot and Cherry turn to head upstairs, but Henry calls out to them to come back inside and park their butts inside the tent. He didn't say butts. And he takes Mrs. Johnson into the kitchen for a little chat. How long has she been sitting, standing there? Or sitting there? Did she seriously sit there watching all of this happen and not say anything for the girl's rude treatment of Punky? I mean, she's not in her right frame of mind either for how she's treating Henry, but you don't just stand by and let a child or your child be bullied. I don't want to hear any of this. The kids can let, let them work it out for themselves. They're just kids because that is garbage. Because that's when kids get hurt physically or emotionally when nobody steps in. I know I'm harping on this, but it really hurts me. I hate bullying, especially to see little kids go through that. Because I too was bullied in school, long before Facebook and Instagram were ever a thing. Henry goes into the kitchen and tells Betty how they are supposed to be an example for the children, and if they can't get along, how can they expect the children to? Betty looks at Henry and tells him he's right, and she apologizes for the way she's been acting. Good. Thank you, Betty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Henry apologizes, too. She looks at him and smiles. Friends again? Friends again, Henry tells her, and they hug. Aww. Henry pulls away and suggests they try to get the children back together. <clears throat> I hear a bell going off, and I'm sitting here wondering where it's coming from. The door by the kitchen? Maybe the tent? Nope, it's coming from Brandon's doghouse in Punky's room, as we see... Her ringing it as Brandon pads in and takes his place inside his doghouse. Punky bends down and tells Brandon they don't need ice cream. Rocky Road is bad for Dorinda's teeth. And Fudge Delight always upsets Brandon's stomach. Uh, please tell me she's not feeding Brandon chocolate ice cream. That's not good for dogs. Henry comes in to stand in the doorway, watching as Punky goes over to her bed to, pay, to play with Dorinda May. I'm going to play this clip because it's a tender heart-to-heart -heart between Punky and Henry. It pains me to see Punky upset and how, uh, how the way her friends are treating her, that she expects it from Margot, but Cherry's supposed to be her best friend. Punky, how's it going? Fine. Are you sure? Oh, Henry. It really hurts the way Margot and Cherry are treating me. I mean, I might expect it from Margot, but Cherry's supposed to be my best friend. Why don't you go to them and tell them how you feel? Why should I go to them? They're the ones that are being mean. Somebody has to make the first move. But it's not my fault. Sometimes it doesn't matter whose fault it is. There are other things that are more important. Like what? Like friendship. Well, I do miss Cherry. I almost miss Margot. <laughs> but if they don't want to be around me, I don't want to be around them either. 
Do you hear something? No. It's very faint. What is it? It sounds like crying. Dorinda, are you crying? Just a minute. What'd she say? She's unhappy. How come? Is it okay if I tell her? Please, Dorinda, I really want to know. Can't I tell her? Please. She says it's her fault you're fighting with your friends. But it's not her fault. She says you all got along fine until she arrived. Let me talk to her. I'm sorry I made you cry. And I promise I'm gonna make things all better. How? I've got an idea. While Henry and Punky talk about the meaning of friendship, Betty is talking in the living room to Margot and Cherry, and Margot tells her it's all Punky's fault for winning the doll in the first place that started the whole silent treatment between friends. Betty asks Margot to think if she had been the one to win the doll. Then there'd be no problem, she says. Of course she does. Punky, Brandon, and Henry come into the living room, and Henry tells Cherry and Margot Punky has something to say to them. He calls to Mrs. Johnson, and they both excuse themselves to the kitchen. Punky tells the girls that her and Dorinda have something, decided something. Margot starts in again, asking Cherry if she heard something, but Cherry ignores the remark, telling Margot she definitely heard Punky's voice. Cherry, we're not speaking to her. Margot tells her, and Cherry tells Margot, Yes, we are, or at least I am. Way to go, Cherry, standing up for yourself against Margot. Margot goes to be a selfish, petty little brat. So, you know, just go be a selfish, petty little brat somewhere else. Or better yet, why don't you just leave? That's what I'm saying. I'm getting tired of her crap. Cherry comes out from the tent facing Punky and asking what she wants to say. And Punky tells her ever since they started fighting, she's been feeling really bad. And Cherry agrees that she has too. Margot tells them she's been fine. Shut up, Margot. Seriously, just shut up. Punky tells them she wants to make up, and so does Dorinda, as she tells them they've come up with a plan as Margot stands next to Cherry. Punky tells them that Dorinda doesn't want Punky to be her mother anymore, and she wants all the girls to be her mother. Aww. Punky tells them they'll each get her for a week, and the girls seem like this is a, a really great idea. In fact, I brought this up earlier in this podcast. Punky tells them they'll all adopt her, and together, or Margot points out how it will be just like having joint custody. How would Margot even know what that is? Henry and Betty smile and laugh from the kitchen doorway as the girls perform the catch of oath once more. 
From the doorway, Betty dabs at her eye and asks Henry, doesn't that do your heart good? And Henry says, yes, it does. Maybe now Mrs. Kramer will drop her lawsuit against me, he ponders. The one she should have sued was Mr. Fredo, Betty suggests. The girls lay on their stomachs as they look over the adoption paper and Margo points out how there's only room for one mother's name. Punky suggests they combine their names. Chair Mar Brewster. And then Margo asks why the doll should have Punky's last name and Margo tells them it should be Cherky Kramer. Sounds like chicken jerky to me. Then Cherry throws out Punko Johnson. Punky makes a suggestion suggestion of putting the names in a hat. Margo asks who gets to choose, and Punky says Brandon. Brandon walks over and pulls the string to the tent, and it collapses once more as the girls scream, and Betty and Henry laugh hysterically from the kitchen doorway. I'm sure he's like, yeah, I'm not taking part in this <laughs> anymore. Alright, that's the end of the episode, everyone. Time for my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I give it 3 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. 1 for the awesome tent in the living room. 2 for Brandon playing with the cards when he had him in his mouth that had me laughing repeatedly. For the girls learning a valuable lesson about sharing and friendship. I knocked off two tag, whale, tag whales. Tailwags! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what I was saying there. One, the adults, mainly Betty and Mrs. Kramer, acting as bad as the kids. Henry forgetting the doll. If there was only one, he should have not gotten any or at least given the two ladies their money back. Two, Margot for being a brat and a bully and also for Cherry for not standing up for herself against Margot instead of siding with Punky. Time for Punky's principles. What I got from this episode. For me, this episode showed how a friendship bond, even one as strong as Ketchup Sisters, can easily dissolve or unravel when put to the test. Three friends and one doll. Someone was bound to get hurt. It also showed a little bit of bullying and intimidation on Margot's part. I'm not a fan of Margot, but even for her, that was going too far. Before you say they're just girls... They're eight. That's old enough to understand how that behavior can hurt someone's feelings. Play nice or don't play at all. That's why everything is so PC politi politically correct in today's society. And they have anti-bullying zones at school. I wish they had them when I was growing up. I loved the talk between Henry and Punky about friendship. Alright everyone, let's give a shout out to some new Punky peeps from around the world. We have Asheboro, North Carolina, Ranson, Wisconsin, Haldon, New Jersey, Orlando, Florida, and France, Huntley, Illinois, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Chino, California, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Santiago, Chile, Muskegon, Michigan, Hyattsville, Maryland, Cusco, Peru, Greystones, Australia, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing these names, Bristol, New Hampshire, and Los Angeles, California. I want to give a sincere thank you to all the listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or any other listening platform that you use to hear this podcast. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Joining me as I go into full detail... Describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary and childhood stories. 
Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. The more rates and reviews this podcast gets, the easier it is for other people to see it's out there. So tell your family and friends. This is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, check my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account at Punky Brewster. Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. I post throughout the week listener and episode trivia questions for upcoming episodes on my my social media sites. And if you'd like to become an honorary Punky Peep of the Week, crown and all, plus a shout out on the podcast as well, you'll have a special... All you gotta do is answer the listener and episode trivia questions posted on my social media sites. I also have Gmail for those of you that want to email me to tell me what Punky Brewster means to you. If you watch the episode of a, as a child, or maybe you've also introduced it to your child, or anything Punky related as well for as praise for this podcast. I found some interesting comments on YouTube while watching this episode, and I'd like to share them with you. Alright, here's the first one. What's funny is in the earlier episode when they did the beauty pageant, Punky had a sleepover and Cherry was holding a real Cabbage Patch Kid. As a matter of fact, it is in the opening credits to every show when they show her name. They couldn't get the license from Xavier Roberts to use the name Cabbage Patch Kids for this episode, hence Butter Lettuce Babies. I remember growing up when the real... CPKs were incredibly hard to find, and there were mobs of people. Look up Cabbage Patch Mobs 1983 on YouTube for news footage. And I was a kid and wanted one so bad. My mom was not the type to fight in a store for a doll for me, so I didn't get my first one until the hoopla died down. I still have my dolls to this day. The, the next one. Terry was always a great friend to Punky. That has got to be one of the ugliest and weirdest dolls I have ever seen. <laughs> well, I don't know whose hair is the most frightening, Mrs. Kramer's, or the dew on that funny-looking Cabbage Patch wannabe. Alright, I hope you all enjoyed that segment. I might make it a regular thing and call it We Remember Punky Brewster. Well, this week I'm giving you more Punky Brewster because we're finishing out Season 1 this week. With Punky Brewster Season 1 Episodes 21 and Episodes 22, Fenster Hall Parts 1 and 2, which aired on March 15, 1985. This was a failed attempt at a spinoff for Punky Brewster about a foster center for orphaned and abandoned kids, which would start T.K. Carter as Mike Fulton, and a group of boys at Fenster Hall. I'm glad the show didn't take off, because otherwise we wouldn't have Mike come on to Season 2 as Punky's 4th grade teacher and teach Punky awesome life lessons and become a great friend to her. As well as Benji Gregory, who went on to play young Brian Tanner BFF to friendly alien Elf on NBC's hit show Elf in 1986. I wanted to get these done before I head out on my vacation next week. That way we'll be geared up for Season 2 starting August 1st. Then I'll do a fun Season 1 wrap-up. Have a great week, Punky Peeps. Stay positive and let your punky power shine on for those all those to see. Here's a fun tip for the week. Smile at a stranger or offer a friendly wave. As they say, smiles are free, so hand them out by the handful. Bye! <laughs>